What's going on, guys? Want to thank TopNotchOdds.com. Topnotch Odds, great new online sports book, growing very fast for good reason. Get your money in easy, get your money out easy. I know a lot of websites, it's not easy. You can get your money in. When you want to get your money out, it's not so easy. I guarantee easy withdrawals at TopNotchOdds.com. Great lines before the game, tons of bets that are available before the game. And then during the game, if you like to live bet, if you like to get involved during the game, after a couple touchdowns have been scored, after a couple goals have been scored, they have literally hundreds of live bets every single game. Check them out online, topnotchodds.com. Enter promo code SHARPEDGE for up to a 200% deposit bonus online, topnotchodds.com. What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. On today's show, College Football Wednesday. Let's do it. This is the Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player. All right, as we do every single Wednesday, I'll play back a portion of College Football Weekly. I am a co-host on College Football Weekly with one Will Chambers, and that airs every, well, it releases every Tuesday on your favorite podcast player. Just look up College Football Weekly. This is a segment from this week's show going over some championship week games in college football. So we go over the five power conferences this week. Let's get right into it. Pac-12 championship game, by the way, being played in Santa Clara, California, Levi Stadium, where the 49ers play. Oregon, they are six-and-a-half-point dogs to the Utah Utes. This was the matchup that everyone saw coming a few weeks ago. A lot of people thought the winner would end up going into the playoff, and then Oregon went and biffed it against Arizona State. Also didn't have a very strong performance against Oregon State last week in their in-state rivalry, if you can call it that. But they got the win, and they're there. Utah uh, is 11-1, and one, and with a win here, has a very good chance at making the playoff. Very good chance. Uh, it'll, you know, The only thing I think that could steamroll them at this point would be if Georgia beats LSU or maybe you know, Wisconsin. If Wisconsin. Let's just say if Wisconsin beats Ohio State, do they put Wisconsin and Ohio State in? Because I think Ohio State, I think right now LSU, Clemson, Ohio State get in even if they lose their championship game. I think if Utah wins, they're in. I hope so. I'd love to see that. Utah versus Ohio State. And, yeah, I think if that happens, one versus four. I, yeah, I, I don't think it matters. If Georgia actually, if Georgia wins, ooh, then the new rankings are out. Here, let's. Do you want to get me to give those? Yeah, to you real quick? let's do it. So the new rankings. We did are, say before the break we, we would bring. <laughs> so we can't just tease the listeners and not give them what they wanted. Number one, Ohio State. Number two, LSU. Number three. Clemson, number four, Georgia. Those have not moved since last week. Utah five. Number five, Utah. Yeah. Number six, OU. Number seven, Baylor. Oh, number, how about that? Number eight, Wisconsin. Number nine, Florida, 10, Penn State. So Oklahoma, Baylor. That's a big six, one too. Yeah, seven. so let's say Baylor, Utah wins I don't even know and her. Baylor beats Oklahoma. You, you, you think Utah's getting, getting in over Baylor? Because there's an interesting <sighs> part of that there oh, where Baylor gets revenge over the only team that beat them. That almost kind of washes away their one loss, right? They actually prove they're better than yeah, the one team. Yeah, and that, it would be to Oklahoma. Oh, my God, Will. Why does it have to be so complicated this year? <laughs> so if Oklahoma wins, I actually think Utah gets in over them because I think – But if Baylor wins – Especially because I think Oregon's a better – for whatever reason, looks like a better opponent. But you're right. This is There's going to be a lot of pissed-off fans because – Oklahoma, to me, hasn't really been passing the eye test over the last month, whereas Utah's been blowing people out. 
eight-team playoff would be perfect this year. You would have Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, Georgia, Utah, OU, Baylor. And the eighth team, the battle for the eighth team would either be Wisconsin, Florida, Penn State, Auburn, uh, maybe, no, that would, that would be it. Yeah. Wisconsin, Florida, that'd be great. Penn State, Auburn. Yeah, that'd be amazing. That's why they need that eight teams. That would be awesome. They need yeah. eight teams. It would, it would never be a bad thing to have an eighth, or, or at least, like what I, I've heard people talk about doing six teams and then the top two get a get a buy so you have a four team bracket and then the winner of those those first two games plays the one that from well uh you know bob sacramento (laughs) my guy he's my guy down in florida um yeah i think that'd be cool because then at that point like look the eighth seed is almost never going to beat the one seed anyway right? right so you kind of eliminate that it does provide you to give five conference winners a spot and then maybe one at large bid. that's but what needs to happen. i still think that eight is probably the way to go because then you get three at large bids i agree and conference winners get in. all right but sorry to interrupt anyway, you no you're good i like that so back to oregon utah so you look at these two teams and their stats are interesting right because i think when to the casual fan that maybe hasn't uh you know doesn't dive into the stats you might say okay utah is all they're defensive and they run the ball and they don't score a lot of points. And Oregon is flashy and they score a lot of points, but they're actually very similar teams. Uh, you see, look, Utah defense is it might be the best in the country. They're they're number one in rushing Ooh. yards per game right now. Utah is only allowing 56 yards per game on the ground. For an example of how good that is, Clemson is ranked number 10th in that category in uh, rushing yards per game allowed, and they give up 106. That's almost twice as much. Oregon. Very good defense as well. They're 12th in that category, by the way. They allow just 107 yards per game. So what you're going to see is this Utah team that does like to run the ball with Zach Moss and Tyler Huntley is going to face a a very good Oregon defense that doesn't like to give up a lot of yards on the ground. And on the other side, Utah is for sure – they're going to force Oregon to beat them through the air. They're going to go to Justin Herbert and say, you got to line up and beat us. Prove that you're this NFL caliber guy. And I'm not sure that he can do that. He, he hasn't proven that this year in big games. And you look at Tyler Huntley. Now, Utah, in passing yards per game, uh, th- they're not great as far as their ranking in yards per game. But you actually look at Tyler Huntley. He's 11th in the nation in yards per attempt. And what that tells me is that he's getting a lot of explosive plays downfield. They're getting play-action plays. He's good when he's asked to throw it. And then I look at the coaching matchup here, Kyle Whittingham. He has one of the best bowl game records in the whole country. Now, I know this isn't a bowl game, but to me, it means that he does well with time to prepare, but it also means he's good in big games. And what game could be bigger for Utah here? If they win Saturday and things fall right for them, they probably get that fourth spot in the playoffs. This would be the biggest win in program history if they beat Oregon in this Pac-12 championship game. Last year, they were in the Pac-12 championship game against Washington. They didn't even have Tyler Huntley or Zach Moss. They're starting quarterback and running back, and they still almost won that game. They, they lost that game by six points. So I'm looking at – I also – what's Oregon's motivation in this game, Tyler? They know they're not getting into the playoff. Um, Ice cream after the game. I mean, look, it's not to just totally crap on the Pac-12 championship game. It's not that that's not a great accomplishment, and Oregon hasn't done that in a while. But I just think Utah has more motivation here. I like Kyle Whittingham to be able to motivate his guys. Uh, all, all the Oregon can hope for at this point is a Rose Bowl. Utah can get in that playoff. I'm taking Utah here. I think they cover, especially I love it at six and a half. If it goes up to seven or more, then maybe I'm not quite as confident. 
If it's less than a touchdown, I, I think Utah's the right team here. I think they make that fourth spot in the playoffs. I agree, Billy Bob Thornton. I like Utah here, minus six and a half. I think they roll. Uh, this is a, a schematic mismatch for me. I think that what, what's going to happen here is Oregon, not motivated, like you said, going to get the ball. They're going to go three and out, a lot of quick possessions, giving Utah the ball back. And this is typically a Utah team that's going to take advantage of time of possession, run some clock, run the football. Only this, the difference is this year they can score. 6.9 yards per play on the ground, 35 minutes they're holding the ball every single game. Wow. That's almost 10 minutes better than Oregon. They're going to drain the clock and score when they have it. I see this being an ugly game for the Ducks. Give me Utah to run and pass the ball. By the way, Utah's only throwing the ball for 30 fewer yards than Oregon is this season. Yeah. Utah finds success both running and throwing. Zach Moss, Tyler Huntley have big days in their uh, kind of their uh, what do you call it? Kind of a uh, it's a uh, it's a performance for the committee. It's a yeah. They gotta they gotta show up and and they have to just convince the committee that they're worthy. This and is you're their right. chance. A big win would, would pretty much guarantee the spot. Exactly. Give me Utah to win big, 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 big. This could be a pleaser game. You give up a couple points for plus 150. How about that? Minus yeah. 13 and yeah, a half? something like that. That's yeah. not a bad idea. Yeah. Okay. Well, next game, we're going to move to the Big 12. This game being played at Jerry World in Dallas, Texas. Baylor versus Oklahoma, the rematch. There's a lot of rematches the in rematch. these, by the way. We have quite a few rematches here. But this one, to me, is different for a few reasons. So, in a lot of the other rematches, game, uh, rematch games, which we will get into later, a lot of times those games were already played and they were blowouts. This game was close. It was almost a blowout. Baylor was up 28-3 to in the first half, and then they gave it all the, all back. Oklahoma storms back, wins 31-28, to I believe. That was the score, right? 31-28? I'll check it. Might have been 34-31. Either way, Oklahoma came all the way back, and that's very interesting to me. 34-31. Okay, 34-31. So that's interesting because with those other games, like, for instance, we're going to talk about Ohio State-Wisconsin uh, here in a minute, but it's tough for... A team for a team that has already played one team and been blown out to be as motivated. Both, uh, both Baylor and Oklahoma can look at this game and say, you know, look, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, they're probably thinking if I if we didn't have such a shitty start to that game against Baylor a few weeks ago, we could have blown them out. And Baylor, they're saying if we would have just finished the game a tiny bit better, we would have won that game. We were blowing them out. So it's very interesting to me from an emotional standpoint because both these teams want to win. The Big 12, both of them think if they win, they might have a shot at making the playoff. That's obviously up for debate. But then you look at the two teams. Oklahoma, they are statistically better in almost every category on both sides of the ball. And yet, they have the same record. And both with one conference loss, their head-to-head was a three-point game. So what does that tell you? I mean, look at it. Oklahoma, they're first in yards per game in the nation. Baylor's 33rd. Uh, rushing yards per game. Oklahoma's ninth, Baylor's 41st. This just continues on and on. OU's defense, 26th in yards per game given up. Baylor, 39th. So why do they have the same record? Why do they seem like such a close team? To me, what it means is that uh, OU is a little more erratic. They have a much higher ceiling and maybe a lower floor too. They aren't exactly consistent. Their ceiling is much higher than Baylor's, but Baylor's a little more reliable, and especially on defense. Just looking at Baylor's game so far, they may give up more yards per game than OU, but they're giving up less points. That usually means OU's prone to giving up big plays, and Baylor has a better red zone defense. I like that a lot. Another big factor in the scoring numbers is special teams. Baylor has the 12th 
rated special teams according to sports reference and Oklahoma is 80th that could play a huge factor in this game I'm a little torn just because of Oklahoma's no, potential. No, you got to pick one. Got to pick one. I'm a little torn. We are picking. Yes, don't worry. And Oklahoma's potential, they they could dominate this game. They could blow them out. But I can't help but think of their performances down the stretch this season. They've just been inconsistent. And I kind of think Baylor's just the better team overall. And for that reason, I'm taking Baylor, and they're getting the points. So I'll take Baylor here plus 8.5 against Oklahoma. Want to bet? Yes. Would you yes. like to bet on it? We have. I'm going to get one here. I can feel it. First game of the weekend. All right, let me take you through why I'm betting OU here, and it really doesn't have that much to do with on-field because you look at how OU's looked the last couple weeks, there's not that many promising things that you want to bet on or put your money on. This is a numbers play for me, and this is overreaction from the market. Rewind a few weeks. Oklahoma and Baylor didn't even play a month ago. Okay, the line was, the line closed, Baylor plus 10, OU minus 10 in Waco, Texas. Yeah. Okay, what that said is Oklahoma is 13 points better. They go on the road to Baylor, three points for home field, you get your 10-point spread. This is a neutral game. So what that says to me is that the new line of nine has overcorrected. It's corrected by four points. That is so big to correct by over a field goal in under a month. You never, ever, ever see that. Do I believe OU has gotten that bad? No, I don't. This isn't about Baylor. Baylor's a good team with an underrated coach, probably an underrated coaching staff, actually. I like Baylor. They're good this year. Eight and four against the spread. They've been underrated all season long. They keep winning ATS. But OU, like you mentioned, Will, has the much higher ceiling. Yeah. And if there's any week that OU's going to play their best game, it's when all the eyes are on them. Not only do they need a win, they need a blowout win. So actually, I could see a scenario where we have a close game all the way until the fourth quarter. OU's up, you know, 30... 431 and then they get a late touchdown to cover the spread because they need margin in a normal game I wouldn't love this in conference championship week I do for OU because they're going to score late they're going to be foot to the gas pedal to the metal all the way to the end I like OU minus nine minus eight and a half whatever it is right now I do think Baylor's a very good football team, but OU has the much higher ceiling with motivation and over everything. It's a numbers game. I don't believe that OU is four points worse than they were one month ago. Okay, so that's why I think that. Just as a counterpoint to that, couldn't that swing, you know, and, and that's that's a sharp way to look at it to say, how, how has this line changed so much from a month ago? Couldn't that just be because they actually saw the teams play and now they can say, oh, well, maybe there's a new factor here, right? Uh, well, Baylor's well, quarterback can expose their defense a no, 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 because the market is efficient enough to, at that point in the season, it's not like they played week one. Right. That could be the difference if they played week one. They played a month ago. At that point in the year, the market is pretty cement cemented in on where they are with the teams. So it's not like they see a couple games that go, oh, wait, Oklahoma's four points worse. You don't see that drastically drop-off. Now, what a lot of people may be thinking is, 
Well, Tyler, how do you know it's all OU? Couldn't it be two points OU, two points Baylor? Yeah. And that may be the case where it's somewhere in the middle. But Baylor, come on, guys. Even still, two points guys, is a lot. Yeah, yeah. Baylor has not been that bad. Baylor's one loss of the season against OU, and then they came back and have it lost. I have a hard time believing the market's downgraded Baylor more than a half point, if at all, right? Okay. So even if it is a half point, it's still three and a half points. It's well over a field goal for Oklahoma to, to be adjusted. So no matter really how you slice this pie, even if it it is cut in half it's too much of an overreaction for both teams if it's two and two right so no matter how you really slice the pie here i think the market's overreacting this line should be closer to oklahoma 13 if it if it was what it was a month ago now if they've made the adjustments it should be maybe 10 maybe 11 10 and a half Eight and a half, nine, too much. So I'll take OU. All right, well, I'm going with the Bears. I'm going Matt Rule. Boom, boom, boom. Bet board. I'm going to climb my way out of this hole. I'm going to will <laughs> myself there. Uh, next up, Big Ten Championship game. Wisconsin, another rematch. Wisconsin and Ohio State. The game is being played in Indianapolis. Wisconsin, 16-point underdogs here against Ohio State. Now, when they played in October, this was a little bit uh, longer ago. In October, Ohio State beat them 38-7. to And that was at home. That was in Columbus. And look, Ohio State... They just have the talent that the Badgers can't compete with. We saw it with Michigan. We've seen it with everyone Ohio State's played. Penn State may have you know, made it an 11- or 12-point game, but that was only because Ohio State coughed the ball three times and put them in position, right? So I have no doubt that Wisconsin's going to play tough, and I like I like Wisconsin. I like Paul Chris. I like their coach. I like their defense, but ultimately the, the Buckeyes will just keep doing what they've done all year, and what happens is they do what they do best. They don't worry too much about game planning other teams. They just do what works for them, and eventually the big plays are bound to happen. And when the, and that, that's what happens when the talent level is so superior. They're going to run the ball with J.K. Dobbins. Justin Fields is going to have a little bit of running play in there too. And obviously he's got all the weapons on, on the in the wide receiver position and, and the tight end position too. The other thing to think about here, if Ohio State scores quickly, let's say they get two quick possessions, they're up 14-0. How is that going to affect the Wisconsin players mentally? I think that knowing that they were beat so soundly to this team once already, if Ohio State were to jump on them early, which they have done to almost everyone they face, by the way, you could see some quit in, in, the, in some Wisconsin players here because they know, okay, we can't compete with Ohio State. We couldn't compete with them then. We can't compete with them now. And Which, by the way, that's not a slight on Wisconsin. There's maybe only two teams in the country that can't compete with Ohio State. So I just don't see... Ohio State's been such a money bet all year long. They're so good against the spread. They just keep covering with a number like this, 16, in a game where Ohio State, they don't really have to make a, a, a statement. It doesn't have to be a statement win, but maybe they're worried that if if they don't if they beat Wisconsin in a close game and LSU blows out Georgia, maybe they're scared that LSU could jump them into that number one seed, yeah. which is important this year. It's a It's so much better to be playing – you know, whether it be Oklahoma or Baylor or Utah, as opposed to playing Clemson in the 2-3 game. Nobody wants that right now, I promise you. So Ohio State wants to come out, score a lot of points, beat Wisconsin soundly, hold on to that one seed. I don't see any way that, that Wisconsin, they definitely don't have a chance to win, and I don't see any way that they can cover here. So I'm taking the Buckeyes. To cover against Ohio State this year, you need a specific kind of offense. A quarterback who can be a little bit mobile, if not elite while in the pocket. I think any of these quarterbacks who are going to be in the Final Four can beat Ohio State's defense against the spread. But to ask Wisconsin to do that, I don't think that's the case. Look, I've been picky this year where when I bet Wisconsin, when I fade Wisconsin, 
And this is certainly not a game I want to back the Badgers. I don't think this offense is going to do anything against Ohio State's defense. I think we see the same performance we did the first time. Yeah. A dominant defensive performance from Ohio State. Ohio State's offense doesn't even have to be elite for them to win this game going away, but yeah. I still think they will be. It's like they can't help themselves sometimes. Ohio State does a vintage Ohio well. Let's say a 2019 version yeah. of Ohio State, and they roll this game. Give me the Buckeyes minus 16. I'll take it. Cool. Uh, next game up, SEC championship game being played in Atlanta, Mercedes Stadium, Georgia. They uh, It's basically a home game for them with it being in Atlanta. They are plus seven versus LSU here. LSU seven-point favorites. This is such a huge game. Georgia can – look, they've struggled this year. They're – their year or their their season for the most part has been less than stellar and not what they expect to do. They can silence all that. They can shut up everyone. All they have to do is beat LSU and they're in. They're in the playoff for sure. The SEC winner is going to get in. And the best part is is yeah, is that if we could see I don't know if that's the best part, but it is crazy that we could see two SEC teams again if this were to happen. But Georgia's going to need to play the offensive game of their lives to have a shot at this one. It's strength versus strength. LSU's offense is ridiculous. The Tigers have the number two ranked team offense in the nation and faced up against Georgia's defense, which ranks in the top 10 in total defense. But I think the Bulldogs' defense is a little bit better. Are they set up to, to defend LSU? What we know is they're ranked number second in the country against the Rush, and uh, which is they're just allowing 71 yards per game. But how will they do when they're faced up against Joe Burrow in the passing attack. Their defensive passing numbers are very, very good, but look at who at their schedule. Who's the best quarterback that they've played this year? Kyle Trask at Florida, Ian Book, Notre Dame, Kelly Bryant, Missouri. All due respect to those guys, but none of them can stand up to Joe Burrow and in the insane LSU passing offense with all the wide receivers they have. They're loaded every position. And even though LSU's defense... It hasn't been the best this year. It's not what we are, we're used to. It's certainly been solid, but it hasn't been great and dominant like we expect under Dave Aranda. Georgia's offense has really struggled to look anything like they did in the last two years. Their passing attack has kind of fallen off. They lost a bunch of receivers to the draft last year. Obviously, DeAndre Swift is one of the best running backs in the nation, but if LSU can just focus on him and try to eliminate him from the passing attack, make Jake Fromm beat them, they have a really good shot here. Also, keep in mind... One of Georgia's best receivers this year, George Pickens, he's out for the first half. Last week against Georgia Tech, he got into a fight after, I think he scored the touchdown and then started throwing fists at the Georgia Tech cornerback. So he got thrown out. He's suspended for the first half. LSU has won three the last four against Georgia, including last year they beat them 36-16. I'm taking LSU here, even though it'll be certainly a bit of a home field advantage for Georgia with it being in Atlanta. I'm taking LSU. Go Tigers. Want to bet? What? Would you like to bet on it? We've got another game. Well, oh boy, Tyler. I'm taking Georgia plus the seven. I also lean under in this game because I think both defenses have a huge showing. I think we get a classic SEC matchup. And it is important that Georgia is playing somewhat of a home game. Georgia's fans, we know, I don't have the clip pulled up, but it's the one we played earlier in the year. And they're going to show up loud, ready to go. By the way, Georgia this year allowing under 200 yards rushing. On the... It's funny. LSU's had so much success this year offensively. 
I think what happens is the narrative after this game is, oh my gosh, someone can stop LSU. Really? Yeah, I, really? I, I do. Now, I still think LSU wins the game, but seven points is far too many. This over-under is still a little bit lower than what I thought it would be at. I still, like I said, don't 55, love, yeah, right? 55, don't love the over-under anyway. But both defenses show up. Georgia scores enough to hang in this game. They have a chance to win late, I believe. LSU wins, but they uh, don't cover the seven points. Give me the dough. Interesting. So then how many – you think it goes under. So you think – you see Georgia – Like 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 a like a, like a 27, 2017. 27-21, something like that. 20-17. 20 2017. 21-17. they're going to hold LSU to 20 points? I do. I God, think, that I would be a hell be, of a performance I if think they could be, do that. Yeah, but 2017 is still at 37. That's pretty low for that. Yeah, I, but I could see something like that. You know, 24-20, something like that. I think Joe Burrow cements his Heisman fully. I think he throws five touchdowns and dismantles Georgia. Well, well, it's on the good old-fashioned bedboard. And then Coach O does an interview, and he ends it with, Go Tigers! <laughs> As I said, I can predict the future. Uh, last but not least, the ACC championship oh God, game. This is the one game I really don't like either way, but, hey, we have to have a bet. Last, we have to force it. But maybe least, okay. Uh game is in charlotte north carolina we are forcing picks here look virginia <laughs> they finally beat their rival and they're going to represent the coastal division for the first time ever it had been 15 years since they beat virginia tech that game decided how cool how cool for virginia and for for bronco mendenhall but unfortunately they have to face clemson look i've for the most part i've avoided betting clemson games this year for the whole season because the lines have been huge and pretty much no one in the acc save for the north carolina game earlier in the year None of these teams have been able to even make it a contest with Clemson. Since the North Carolina game where Clemson snuck away, there was a two-point conversion that failed, uh, the Tigers have absolutely dominated their their competition. Since these uh, – and since – excuse me, since Clemson and Virginia, they haven't played since 2013. I'm a little scared to bet it. I'm like you, Tyler. But like you said, we're going to pick anyway. Despite Dabo's comments this week – I don't know if you saw, Tyler – this last weekend he said the committee doesn't want us in they don't want us to be there <laughs> uh they, he can say that all he wants to motivate He's his just players trying to, yeah they know that they're in with a win and and probably in with a loss too and they'll, they're likely going to face lsu in the 2-3 game look i like virginia i like bronco mendenhall bryce perkins has been great they're a solid team very solid but this clemson team honestly might be the best team everyone's talking about ohio state and lsu I know Clemson hasn't played anybody, but there's a very good chance that they end up winning this whole thing. They might be the best team. They're they're hot right when you want them to be. Trevor Lawrence has been playing out of his mind ever since he struggled in that North Carolina game. I don't love having to give up that half point, especially with it being 28 and a half. If this was a 27 and a half, I'd probably feel a little more comfortable. That's exactly how I felt. Exactly. Yeah. But I'm for, we're forced to make a pick here. I, Clemson could easily win this game by 40 points. So I'm taking Clemson. Uh, minus 28. I'm, I'm taking Clemson too. Okay. Yeah, cool. I can't push the button there. I think they run away with this thing. Virginia's good, but it's it, it, they're not going to score on no, Clemson. It, exactly. Clemson can do what the, what needs to be done to shut down what Virginia does well. Last week, Virginia Tech was just lost on defense. They had yeah. no one to keep up with Bri well, with uh, Bryce Perkins. That won't be the case for Clemson. They score. They make a statement without even really needing to. And I think they probably cover the twenty-eight and a half. Yeah, I'm with you there. So that's all we got for Championship Weekend. All right, thanks so much to Will again for doing that, and uh, good luck, everyone, this weekend. Should be fun getting some conference champions figured out this, uh, this weekend. All right, good luck, everyone. Talk to you tomorrow on The Sharp Angle. This is The Sharp Angle.
every day on your favorite podcast player.